0: Pastor Xavier Reese with a tender illustration for poverty of spirit and gratitude for forgiveness. The woman had heard
1: Jesus preach the gospel. The Holy Spirit had illuminated, given understanding, conviction, and she made that decision and repented. So Jesus stated, "Your faith has saved you. Go in peace." She made peace with God that surpasses all understanding, knowing she was one
0: with God. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It only makes sense that it's the ill that are in need of a doctor. So why then was it so hard to understand for the Pharisees, the most religious of Jesus' time, to recognize that it was the sinner who most earnestly sought the Savior? And although this simple truth from the familiar scene of the forgiven woman of Luke chapter 7 seems obvious enough in hindsight, Pastor Xavier reveals there's much about ourselves to be revealed in the mirror that is in today's study.
1: Let's look and learn. Luke chapter 7, the message entitled, Jesus, a friend of sinners. Luke presents to us here a beautiful account of the loving grace of God that is extended to sinners. Notice the setting is a dinner between um, Jesus and the Pharisee in verse 36. The dinner took place by invitation. Jesus arrived, entered and sat down to eat with Simon the Pharisee. Jesus was not offered the common courtesy by Simon to wash his feet, give him a kiss, to anoint his head with oil. The greeting was rude, insulting, and dishonoring to Jesus. Notice the dinner was interrupted all of a sudden by a woman in verse 37. She was not just any woman, but a woman in the city who was a sinner. The phrase refers to a prostitute. Somehow this woman was determined to get to Jesus. She brought an alabaster box of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. She was weeping continuously in shame of her past life as well as the joy of her present transformed life, reverently and unconcerned (laughs) what Simon and others might think of her now. The personal expression of the woman was the worship of Jesus, don't miss it. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. The washing of the feet of Jesus with her tears and wiping them with the hair of her head should have been done by the lowest slave of the house, and if there was none, Simon should have washed his feet. He did not. By his actions that he thought he was better than Jesus, while the woman was declaring she was the servant of Jesus at his feet, a grateful sinner. What a sharp contrast between these two sinners. Jesus loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. The loving grace of God has no respect to persons. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad when you came, to, he didn't tell you, nah, not you, sorry. Next. Whoa. Notice, secondly, the loving grace of God then exposes the heart of a person, 39 through 46. In 39... And the Pharisee Simon spoke to himself smugly, being self-righteous. The judgment of Simon about Jesus was wrong. Now, then the Pharisee who had invited him saw this. He spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman is this who is touching him. Simon had found fault with Jesus. Bingo! Simon concluded without any doubt that Jesus This man can't be no prophet. If he's not a prophet, he certainly cannot be Messiah. Jesus was unaware of who this woman was and what she did, how wrong he was. Notice the judgment of Simon about the woman was also wrong. It says, for she was a sinner. Now notice Jesus spoke to the Pharisee Simon now rebuking them for being self-righteous. He does it in an indirect way, but he does it very clearly. Verse 40 to 43. In 40, Jesus confronted Simon about his self-righteous judgment, and Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Jesus stated that two men owed money different amounts of, and um, he says there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Jesus was hoping Simon would see his equal need of forgiveness regarding his sins to be saved. Jesus heard Simon answer, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. He's not missing the message. When God points out your sin, listen, there's one person who's going to know very clearly, you and I. Jesus replied to Simon, you have rightly judged. Notice Jesus revealed to Simon that the woman had been more respectful and honorable than Simon himself to Jesus. In verse 44 through 47, Jesus commended the loving deeds of the woman and rebuffed Simon for the lack of loving deeds. In 44, Jesus had not given any attention until now, okay, because he's, he, he's been dealing with Simon. He says, then he turned to the woman. So he hasn't turned around to see the woman. She's been doing all this. Everybody's looking at her, but not Jesus. All of a sudden, Jesus Turns to the woman, do you see this woman? And I'm sure that he pointed to her. But he's talking to Simon. Simon saw a prostitute. Simon saw himself above her. And Simon had been a bad host to Jesus by not removing the filth and dust from his feet. Jesus pointed that out. He says, I enter your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You see, he was not concerned about Jesus. He was only concerned about observing and criticizing Jesus. Simon had not been a good host. He hadn't welcomed Jesus with an affectionate kiss on the cheek. You gave me no kiss, but the woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. See, he had not invited Jesus out of love, but he had invited Jesus out of loving to find something to fault him in. Simon had been a bad host by not anointing his head. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil, costly oil, the best she has. He did not give all to Jesus. He just got through it, went through the formalities. So Jesus pronounced the salvation of the woman and the lost condition of Simon in verse 47. Jesus declared his divine authority, don't miss it, being more than a prophet. Therefore, I say to you, he didn't quote a prophet, he didn't quote a rabbi, he was the ultimate authority. God himself. Her sins, which are many, he says, are forgiven, for she loved much. She knew she was a great sinner, therefore she loved much. Jesus declared the measure of lesser love in proportion to the sins forgiven. Listen, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Simon loved little, concluding, he had little to be forgiven for. You see, our sin always looks uglier on someone else. I can understand why it did that. But you, you dog. Jesus told an account the Pharisee stood and prayed with him, thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector probably pointing to him. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man, says Jesus, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Luke 18, 11 through 14. That account of that Pharisee praying. This account of Simon has been recorded that I might put my name there. Not to criticize it, but to put my name there. Xavier, And red blinking lights. The gospel is the only thing that will reveal the heart of man. The heart of the deceitful, desperately wicked, above all things, as you know, Jeremiah 79 We're to keep our heart with all diligence, for out of it springs forth the issues of life. Proverbs 4.23. Hebrews puts it this way. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the vision of the soul and the spirit, and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. It's the word of God that cuts straight. It's the word of God that convicts a sinner. It's the word of God that corrects the saint. It's the power of the word of God. I don't understand why pastors don't teach the word of God. It'll do its job. The parable of the sower tells us there are four kinds of soils or hearts. You have the hard heart, where the word doesn't penetrate, total rejection. You have the heart of stone, superficial. You have the heart of thorns, the cares and riches and other things choke it out. But you have the good ground. Bring forth 30, 60, 100 fold Matthew 13, and the Gospels give us that parable. The bottom line comes down to my human responsibility to respond to the Gospel. The loving grace of God exposes the heart of a person. Cuts it right open. Notice thirdly, the loving grace of God forgives the sins of a person. That's the goal. In 48, the Lord Jesus turned to the woman once again to reaffirm the forgiveness of her sins. The authority for the forgiveness of sins is that of Jesus. Listen, and then he said to her, once again, he is the one. She witnessed his authority over diseases and how he healed him in the Sermon on the Plain. She witnesses authority over demons and the sermon on the plane. She witnesses authority over sin there and in her own life. The assurance of the forgiveness of her sin is also stated by Jesus Your sins are forgiven. The tense again is the indicative perfect passive literally have been forgiven or dismissed, sent away. This confirms she had been saved before coming to Jesus at the house. There was no preaching here. In fact, when she walked in, everything was real quiet, (laughs) you could cut it with a knife. Now notice the response to the words of the Lord Jesus from those present was disbelief. Not unbelief, but disbelief. The number of people is not stated and those who sat at the table with him. Simon had invited others to come also and were reclining at the table through this whole ordeal, listening. These without doubt were equally there to find fault with Jesus. They had witnessed the woman enter the house, heard the words of Jesus to Simon. They applied to them too. They were hearing the same words. Though he spoke to Simon, Jesus was nailing them, (laughs) revealing their own heart. Notice the men like Simon were thinking these things in their mind, began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Once again, Jesus knew their thoughts. They were shocked that Jesus would dare to tell someone Their sins could be forgiven or were forgiven. They had never heard such a thing from a prophet or a rabbi. Notice Jesus doesn't even bother to address them. Did you catch that? Because he already dealt with their heart when he dealt with Simon's heart. At this point, it's up to them what they do. He ignores them. The parable spoke to Simon. Therefore, it applies to them also. They were in need of forgiveness of their sins to be saved, just like Simon. They alone could repent. No one could do it for them. You see, Jesus was God incarnate, able to forgive sins. The same question was asked of Jesus forgiving sins in chapter 5, verse 20, by the Pharisees and scribes at the Feast of Matthew. They said... Only God can forgive sin. So Jesus verified that authority in chapter 5, verse twenty through 24 when they let that paralytic down. And the four friends brought him to be healed. But Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. They go, oh, bummer. We didn't bring him for that. But priorities first, right? God heals you. You might live 10 more years, but you're going to die. But God forgives you. You're going to live forever. First things first. Priorities, he gave the evidence, which is either to say your sins are forgiven or to say this man, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that I have authority to forgive sins, pick up your bed and walk. Notice the Lord Jesus identified her faith as biblical faith. This is important, biblical faith. Look at 50. Jesus stated she had responded to the gospel. Then he said to the woman, the woman had heard Jesus preach the gospel. The Holy Spirit had illuminated, gave an understanding, conviction, and she made that decision. The woman agreed with God that she was a sinner and repented. She was saved. So Jesus stated, she declared, she decided to be saved. Your faith has saved you. Jesus said her faith saved her. Now, the phrase your faith means Personal. She believed who Jesus was, her personal Lord and Savior, as she heard the preaching of the gospel. Not that she was unconditionally elected and that she had no choice as Calvinism teaches. Can you imagine the woman say, well, I want to be saved. Oh, no, 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 I didn't elect you. I didn't choose you. Really? But the one you chose deserves hell. Don't argue with me. Really? So we make out to be unholy? Unjust and ungood? Like Calvinistic unconditional election? My Bible says whosoever. I presume you qualify. She simply believed in Jesus through the gospel. The gospel's real simple. We complicate it. What does she believe in faith? That Jesus was Messiah. The God-man. That Jesus was the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. That Jesus alone could forgive her sin that Jesus would in fact die and be risen from the dead to confirm that. And that Jesus alone could transform her heart from darkness to light. I presume you've experienced that also. Notice Jesus dismissed her then with his blessing. Go in peace. The word peace, Irene, get the name Irene from it. It comes from the verb to join with the idea of something previously fractured or broken but now mended back together. When Adam blew it, he distanced man from his relationship with God, but through the promise of Messiah, he reconciles man to himself. The woman had made peace with God, justified by grace through faith. She was no longer an enemy with God, Romans 5, 1 and 2. She made peace with God. But now she has the peace of God at her access that surpasses all understanding. To keep her mind and heart, as Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, keep her stable, focus on the Lord. Knowing her sins had really been forgiven. This is the peace that she has. Knowing she was one with God. Knowing she had access to God. Knowing she would live eternally with God. If I believed for one second, and it's been 41 years, that all my sins were not gone, how could I have peace in my heart? That's a great peace that only Jesus can give. And the evidence is that that repentance brought a change of life. The account of the evil servant, if you remember who was forgiven 10,000 talents because his master was compassionate as he begged for forgiveness. And then he went out and grabbed the fellow servant that owed him just 100 denarii in Matthew 18. And the other servant who served with him saw what he did and he went back to the master and the master recalled and says, you evil servant, did I not forgive you all? And he cast him back in prison. Jesus gives the punchline at the end. He says, so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you, he's talking to Christians, from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Forgiveness and the lack thereof only hurts me. Unforgiveness has never hurt the person that I'm unforgiving. It hurts me in my relationship with Jesus Christ. God has provided the only way for sinners to be saved. It's very narrow. Jesus is the only way, John 14, 6. Jesus is the only name, Acts 4, 12. Jesus is the only mediator, 1 Timothy 2, 5. The only way, the only name, the only mediator. Real narrow. God is very close-minded about the way. Salvation is by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not through works, not through deeds, not through ritual. Acts 4, two, Romans 1.4. You can go through all the epistles over and over again through the book of Acts, death and resurrection. The truth about our past sins is clearly stated also in Scripture, and we need to understand that, which will be the source of our peace, as I, I mentioned earlier. Uh, they are cast as far as east as the west, Psalm 103.12 says. Aren't you glad he didn't say north and south? You run into your sin. They're cast behind his back. Isaiah 38:17. When you go home, have your wife or husband put a piece of scotch tape between your shoulder blades and try to see if you can see it. They're cast in the depths of the sea. Micah 7:19. And he puts a sign there are no fishing. Aren't you glad? The way God sees us is the way we are to see each other in Christ. Whiter than snow. Psalm 51.7. A new creature. All things pass away. Everything becomes new. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Whatever God has cleansed, don't you dare ever call common. Acts 10.15. Jesus told Peter, you must not call it common. God, please with man. Let me give you the words of Isaiah 118. Come now and let us reason together says the Lord Yahweh. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's the type of God we serve, ladies and gentlemen. Are you seeing in your mind, you know, if I see so and so in heaven, I'm going to jump off? You got that person's name, their face? Then you need to start praying for them. God loves them too. The loving grace of God forgives the sinner the sins of a person. All of them as we confess them. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. This is the beautiful account of the loving grace of God extended to sinners. The loving grace of God has no respect of persons. The loving grace of God exposes the heart of a person. The grace of God forgives the sins of a person. Can't get any better than that. It really can.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese wrapping up our time today with a prime example of how Jesus sees those accepting his free gift of salvation, not as indebted sinners, but as cleansed and new creations. Today's study, Jesus, a Friend of Sinners, is available as usual on CD for only $4. By the way, we'll be including everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. Once again, the title to ask for is Jesus, a Friend of Sinners, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, California. Nine one one zero seven, or to make your request by phone, call eight hundred nine two six fourteen eighty five again, that's eight hundred nine two six one four eight five or the address once again is simple truths twenty two hundred east Colorado Boulevard Pasadena California, nine one one zero seven, and thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us right here next time for more Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com